Welcome to another podcast from Faith Baptist Church of Gulfport, Mississippi. Recorded Sunday evening, July 9, 2023. Song specials for this evening's service include FBC Choir singing Heaven's Jubilee, followed by 630 Group with Where Would I Be Without Jesus. Tonight's sermon is preached by Brother Randy Yeomans and is titled A Tale That's Told. He's preaching it out of the text of Psalm chapter 90. We hope that tonight's message brings you closer to the will of God. Thank you for listening and God bless.
Praise the Lord, and thank you, ladies, for that wonderful song. The preacher said, get up here and just move this microphone out of the way. I like to, like, move this whole pulpit out of the way so y'all can see me. You know what I'm saying? And uh, where would I be without this pulpit? I'd be extremely visible. You know, that's where I'd be. But, uh, man, thank you so much for that song, ladies. That was wonderful. And can I just let me just, that was a question, where would I be without Jesus? Where would we be? We'd be on our way to hell, wouldn't we? We would not, I would not have the wife I have, the daughters I have, the grandchildren I have. I wouldn't have that guy over there. Wait a minute. Yeah, I wouldn't have that guy over there. You know, wouldn't be here with you folks here this evening. Man, praise the Lord. The world is missing out, are they not? Oh my goodness. Hey, look, as preacher said, if they're if they're all if Jesus is happy with me, let's roll with it. Amen. I mean, because I tell you what, I they cannot, the world cannot write the life that God has for you. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's got it all. Just give him the pen. Okay, let's have an offering. Let's get out of here. I mean, just give him the pen. And it's all over, right? It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Well, it's always a good thing to be here at Faith Baptist Church. I want to say Liberty Baptist. I was so winning on the bus Thursday night, knocked on the very first door. Hi, my name is Randy Omens. I'm the youth pastor at Liberty Baptist, and I'm visiting in the area from Faith Baptist. I mean, I had to get it, had to get it in my brain real quick, like, sorry about that. And Aaron looks up at me like, okay, I got it. And, uh, boy, it's always a joy to be here. Obviously, I'd be amiss without saying thank you for how much you have loved our family. Amen. How much you've loved my daughter and how well you've taken care of her and my son-in-law. And uh, Lord, what a preacher you guys have. Amen. I go to a lot, get to, get to be around a lot of people in a lot of places. And you heard it this morning. It was, all, how many of you were in the service this morning? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you were paying attention in the service this morning? Raise your hand. Okay. It was awesome, was it not? He talked about having a treat tonight. Okay. You had meat and potatoes this morning. I'm like a banana pudding. I'm like a brownie. That's all I am. Or a vanilla wafer. I mean, that's all I really am here. Okay. You heard a, you heard a great message this morning. You know, when you think of Enoch, all we want to know is that his testimony is what? That he what? Pleased God. That's right. Now, how do we know that he pleased God? Because what? We get to read about it, don't we? We get to read about it in the Bible. Somehow through this message tonight, and I've already been asked by just a few people to make sure I'm on, done on time and speed up, but you don't have a clock anywhere, so at you, you know. I don't see a clock anywhere. I left my phone over there. My wife kind of sometimes looks at me and goes, you know, kind of like, you know, stop it, you know. But hey, hey, we'll see what the Lord has for us. But the only reason why you know about Enoch is because you have a Bible, because you get to read about the Bible. The reason why you know about salvation is because you get to read about it. You experience it. You know what's happening. All the things we know about people, we learn about from the Bible. All the stories that are told. Man, aren't you glad that you're... Hey, look, we pick on David. We pick on Peter. We pick on different people in the Bible. He mentioned Naomi this morning. Aren't you glad your sin is not eternally placed in the Word of God? Man, I don't want the David and Bathsheba and whatever in this book. or I don't want this or that in this book. But God put it in this book so we learn something about it. Amen. It is a tale that's being told so we can learn something. Okay? We're going to be in three passages of Scripture, Psalm 90, where that verse is coming from, a tale that is told. So, number your days. Also, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, and then Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to be in those areas. Okay? I want to say thank you to our military folks that are able to be here today. Man, I tell you what, we get to have church because what you do, and I don't want you to ever forget that. Somebody give us a give them a hand, right? I try to teach my teenagers to always walk up to the ladies and gentlemen and always say thank you, our first responders, everybody. Do you realize they get to, they do what they do so we can be, can I say stupid in church? Wait a minute, I just did. They, they get to, they do all that they do so we can do all that we can be, we can be the, we whatever. 
the freedoms we have in America is because of the fact that these men and ladies, ladies and gentlemen, are out there. And I know uh, uh, Caleb goes out tomorrow. Is that right? So pray for him. Uh, out there so that we can have the freedoms to open the Word of God, to learn the stories, to, to hear the tales that are told, but then also to, to be goofy. I mean, just to be, you know, do what, if you, oh, if you watch the news, you know our world is turned upside down, right? Yeah. It is. Remember in the New Testament, though, they talked about the uh, disciples. These are they that turned the world what? right side up or upside down. So we can do this. We can flip it back over again and we'll just get in the book and apply the book and let people see our lives. Amen? I'm going to pray and then we're going to, I'm going to tell you a story and then we're going to jump into the Word of God and hopefully there's some lessons we can pull out of Psalm 90 to help us make sure that when our life is over that there is a great, that this has been a good story. Right? You know, right now you're writing a story, but other people are reading it. Yeah. You know, the people in the Bible, they, they're, we're reading their story. Yeah. And right now you're reading mine, and I'm reading yours, but I'm writing it, and you're writing yours. Hopefully by the end of the night we'll, we'll decide to do a better job. But once again, we'll give God the pen and allow Him to write our life story. Yeah. Remember Jeremiah 29, 11, when he says that He has a, an end for us? He has a reason why we're here. Jeremiah chapter 5, before I formed thee, I knew thee. There's a reason why every one of us are in this service tonight. It is a divine crossroad right now that God has for each and every one of us to hear how important you are to God in, in writing your own personal story that the lost can read it, that the saved can read it, that you'll enjoy reading it. Okay, I think one of the points the preacher made this morning, what a wonderful thing it was for Enoch to know that he did please God. And by the way, it's always much more fun to please God than to not please God. The way of the transgressor is what? Hard. It sure is. And I don't like to have about that. I do not. I spent too much time on the rocks as a kid in elementary school looking at the corner at my own house being in trouble. Okay? I don't like that. I don't like that. God wants us not to have to be that way. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this wonderful day that you've given to us. And God, I pray. I pray in spite of me that you'll do something. I pray that these people will see nothing more than the, uh, allow, see your word, but then also to hear the Holy Spirit speak to their hearts. That we might be great ambassadors. We might be epistles. That's what the people out there are looking at. They're looking at our lives. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be presenting a story that they would want to read. And, Lord, we love you and thank you for all that you do for us. In your name we pray. Amen. I, am, I have been the athletic director and also uh, coached a lot of sports at our school, but I am and the youth pastor. I'm transitioning over. Someone made comment about my hair, how it's come off of my head and stuck to the bottom of my chin. And that was not nice of you, but I pray that this page of your day has been ripped out. <laughs> okay. But, uh, you know, I am getting older. I'll be 60 in November. And that happens when your children are in their certain age, in their 30s. It kind of happens that way when you have six grandchildren. It kind of goes about that. But, uh, you know, one of the things that goes on at Liberty Baptist Church, y'all had, had Pastor Gray with you during your youth conference. Amen. Y'all had Pastor Gray with you, right? You had Pastor Gray with you, right? Okay, that's what he does a lot. Okay, usually when he gets really excited about what he's going to tell you. That's Pastor Gray, right? You got that, okay? And so, um, he, when he's gone, I am transitioning into the care pastor. That doesn't mean shut-ins and people that are in the hospital. Everybody needs care. Can I get a witness right there? If you're sitting in the room tonight, you need care. Casting all your care upon him. Not because you've got cancer. Not because you're a senior citizen. Not because you're in the shut-in or whatever. But because you're in the world, we need some care. So that's how I'll look at what I'm going to be doing. If you got a flat tire, call me and I'll call somebody else. And, uh, but, you know, 
I, my, I am the care pastor. So when pe preacher is gone at conferences like yours and what's going on, uh, that means anything pops up that he would normally do if he was there, I do. Okay? Like weddings and funerals. I marry and I bury. <laughs> that sounds pretty bad, but that's the truth when people are gone. Okay? So something preacher was on our senior trip with the kids doing something and uh, hanging out with them and uh, something came up in the church where there was going to be a funeral it was of a person that didn't really attend our services, our church, but they had a family member. You know how that goes. There was a family member down the line and so forth. Okay? So, uh, I knew of the family somewhat after being at Liberty for 28 years and after the Wednesday night service and me preaching to our teenagers, we have teen church on Wednesday, I'm preaching to them and I asked the gentleman to come into my office and have a seat. Actually, he was standing at the door waiting for me. Okay? And I said, sir, come on in. And, uh, you know, when you do a funeral, a funeral is, you think about funerals, a story is being told, isn't it? Yeah. You tell the gospel message, amen? Yeah. You have people's attention at a funeral, sober-minded, okay? But you also tell their story, don't you? I've, I've been, I've, the first funeral I ever preached was a lady that was 105 years old. She had a lot of story to tell, amen. Great Christian lady. I never met her. She was, uh, this is, I just knew all about her. And preacher, our other pastor was in India at that moment. So I'm doing the, doing the service. I mean, we've, I've, you know, being at my own father's funeral and uh, one of our teenagers, for, now as an adult, had a, a child that was born and was born not alive and doing that baby's funeral and at that, just a tiny coffin and all of those things. Things. You know, you're, you're always there and you're telling a story. Oftentimes preachers will be with the family and will have known the family. Or they're there the night before at the, at the viewing or family time. And they try to figure out things if they don't know the family. So this man sits down right in front of me and I say, sir, what can you tell me about your daughter? Folks, the whole message was preached at our youth conference about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. But it all started uh, May the 5th. When this late at this lady's funeral, he looks at me the Wednesday beforehand and says, "Nothing. This is the father of the lady who just passed away." And he doesn't say a word. He just looks at me, and I'm thinking, "This is not going to be good." I knew she knew Christ. Okay. Then he finally says to me, "She was a good worker," and then he doesn't say anything else. And I sat back in the chair and I thought, what a story to tell. What is there, what is there to tell? I taught, when I did the funeral, I talked a whole lot about Jesus, amen, and a whole lot about heaven, and a whole lot about what are we going to do now, and knowing Christ as her Savior, what she knows now. Folks, can I tell you some backstory? Every front porch has a back porch, doesn't it? Can I tell you some back porch information about that lady? She actually passed away on the day her son was murdered and was buried. No, she passed away on his birthday and was buried on the day he was murdered. He, uh, siblings, brother and brother, the little, the youngest boy was eight or nine years old. He came to our church pretty regularly with uh, one of the relatives, not the mother, one of the relatives. He and a 12-year-old boy got into an argument. There was a loaded gun on top of a cabinet. In the argument, the 12-year-old boy pulled the gun, shot the 8-year-old boy, and he died in his 13-year-old sister's arms. 
who might who got later put into a girls or adoption type situation and my wife and I were driving all over Durham picking her up bringing her to the church the mother ends up going to jail because she didn't the guy who had the gun wasn't her husband you know just all kinds of stuff okay and I'm sitting there thinking when it's all over that's not the tale I want to be told. That's right. That's not the story that I want for all of the teenagers that were sitting in our youth conference. That's not the story I want for anybody sitting in here this evening. That's not the story for any of the young people that are here or anybody else that is here. No, we don't want that. Because God has a special plan and a special story for each and every one of you. You say, Brother Randy, what happens? Would you turn in your Bibles this evening to 1 Peter chapter number 5? I never thought about this. I, I've seen it said. I've heard it numerous times. The preacher even referenced the verse this morning. First, first, first Peter chapter number 5, the Bible says in verse number 7, I bet if I start it, you can finish it. Ready? Casting. For he careth for you, right? Isn't that right? We have said that, said that, said that, and said that. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And oftentimes we stop right there. I've never got this until I was doing a devotion at one time, and this came across. The very next verse says this, be sober. Be vigilant. Doesn't it? What does it say? Because what? Your adversary, the devil... As a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. You notice what's happening here? God is telling you, cast all your care upon him. Because if you don't, Satan is right there. You know, in many people's lives, as they grow up in fundamental Baptist churches, they go to Christian schools or whatever, and all the time Satan is aware of what's going on in our world at all the time. Is he not? He, don't you, do you not feel the fact that he's breathing on your neck a lot? Amen? I feel it all the time. And he wants nothing more to you to have a story that's not worth telling or a story that makes Jesus look bad. We are his ambassadors. We are the only thing that he has. And yet, we sometimes don't, you know, a lot of times people will not get saved because of how other Christians have acted. They've been reading the story of our life. Okay, right here in this lady's life who has a history of spending some time in church when it came to casting her care upon the Lord. Those of you tonight, I'm going to get to in a minute, but if you don't cast your care when it comes to salvation, if you do not cast your care upon the Lord tonight or sometime soon, you have no idea Satan is waiting right there. All of you teenagers at youth conference, as soon as every little truth you got, Satan, right. have you ever noticed, Brother Jonathan, you can have the greatest youth conference, you can do everything you want to, and you put the kids back on the bus they get off the bus get away from me put that back that was my fruit loops or whatever i mean they start all saying man he's just the master of taking away all that spirit and robbing that seed i know it's falling on hard ground stony ground y'all know the story prepared ground tilled ground but i tell you he wants to take it away from us somewhere in this person's life she knew that she needed to cast her care upon the lord but you know what she did not and that's why god said wake up be sober because satan is waiting right there to change your life's story. Another section in the Bible that's very similar to that is in Ephesians chapter number 4. Would you turn there? Ephesians chapter number 4. Or, so you see this. 
If he's make it, uh, Ephesians chapter number 4, we hear the way of living the Christian life is all Paul says here in, in uh, verse number 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Okay? And, and all the next verses, it's going to tell you all about living the Christian life. Okay? Living the Christian life. But I want you to notice when he gets to verse number 26. We quote this one a lot as well. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. I have said that a hundred times. Hey, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Right? Right. But what does it say right after it? Neither give place to the devil. Have you noticed in both of these situations, whether you better cast your care upon the Lord, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Every time God gives us that moment to work something out, Satan is right there as well. And when we don't take advantage of that moment, then he is right there. Brother Andy, can you give me more illustrations about that? Genesis chapter number 3. Here is Eve. She knows all about the garden. She knows what she's not supposed to do. She is right there. She knows all about Scripture and then all what God has asked them to do. And in that moment, she does not remember what God has said. And was He not right there? He drew her to Himself. Yeah. Did, she not, did He not? Okay. What about this Psalm chapter number 90? If you would please turn there. Psalm 90. Most of us are familiar with the fact in Psalm chapter 90, Moses is writing to us about the wilderness wanderings, okay? The 40 years of wilderness wandering. And, and, and you can go to Exodus or any of the Deuteronomy and find out where God told them ten were, how's it go? How do y'all know the song, ten were bad and two were good? Y'all remember that song? I mean, don't be yawning right now. I'm just getting started. Okay, y'all know that story? Okay, about the, the spies? And they went into, okay, they came back. We can't do this. God said, you can do this. There's two, there's two to three million people walking from Egypt to the promised land. Can you imagine what that would have been like, folks? Can you, it would, okay, one minute, the first person walks by walks by the Moabites or the Ammonites, walks by. Do you realize how long it would take for two to three million more people to come walking by? Can you think about this militarily? Okay, you're talking about carpet bombing? Carpet bombing? Okay, this is carpet people. Okay, just like they just could wipe out anybody and everybody they wanted to. And did they not do that everywhere they went? Yes or no? Yeah. But there came a moment when doubt came in, where they were not sober-minded, when they didn't resist the devil, and all of a sudden Tim said, we can't do this. There's churches all around America saying, we can't do this. I praise God that you're one of the two, amen? Right? I praise God that you got a, one of the two pastors. you got a, a, an assistant pastor that's one of those two that believe God can. Yeah. That He can. And He can make a difference. And we can do this. We'll work till Jesus comes. Because it works. I mean, look at it right here. It works. It works. You're the story. There's two, two to three million people. They were mowing at like, like locusts going through a cornfield. They were mowing things out of the way and all of a sudden they stopped. All right? What happens? God judges them. They have to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years, right? And they were only, check this out, you know the story because you went to FBI. You're, you're FBI members, okay? Right, one of my teenagers works for the actual, former teenager works for the FBI. I can check out all of y'all. Just give her a call. And, uh, okay. All right, can you imagine the thought process here? Okay? You're going to wander around for 40 years and you're only 11 days from everything I told you I was going to give you. Everything. Moses didn't even get to go in. Eleven days. Two, and two to three million people marching around. Two weeks to eleven days. Right there that close. Wow, why would they do that? Same reason I do.
What have, I, what have I missed out when I've been wandering around in the wilderness of sin? How many pages, how many pages of, of my life story have been wasted because I've been wandering around in, in the wilderness of sin? Because when God said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. I did not come. And therefore, because I did not come, Satan was waiting. He's always waiting. You know, there's no geographical safety place from Satan. Just like there's always a geographical safety place with God. The same idea. They're always going to be there. He's going to work and 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 work until he can't go. He has no more chances. Okay, so it's very, very important for us to when the Holy Spirit speaks to us about something that we are supposed to be doing that we just get up and start doing it. Amen. God spoke to my heart this morning about wanting to finish with a testimony that is pleasing to God. I said this in the Sunday school class this morning. Our pastor was asking him this question and he said, honestly, right now, if you could say one thing you want, what is that one thing that pops into your mind? Okay. I'm joking when I say this. A Toyota Tundra would be wonderful. And that's what I told Jonathan's Sunday school class. I, I, I see you shaking your head, young man. I appreciate your service, but Toyota Tundra, amen. I know you're probably thinking American-made. A green would start black stars on it, I'm sure. But a Toyota Tundra, because I'm small. An F-150, I can't even see over the dashboard. I need a Toyota Tundra with electric seat. Okay, amen, all right? But to be honest with you, at looking at 60, and seeing all that the Lord has done, okay, Brother Carr, isn't it true that we can all, Canaan land is just in sight? How many of you, I mean, there's some, there, it doesn't, by the way, by the way, just because you're, you're 75, uh, you know, you could be 16 and Canaan land could be in sight. Two phone calls at his house since I've been here. Next door neighbor lives across the street, passed away, 90 years old. A youth pastor in our same town, this teenage girl, was in our youth conference three weeks ago. She's gone, passed away. 16. 90, 16. We never know how far Canaan land really is, do we not? That's why, I, that's why every one of these days and every time these opportunities that you get to be in church and somebody shares the gospel or whatever the case may be, that's why these days are so important to us. So important to us. So all that being the back porch of Psalm 90 is all that was going on while they were wandering around because of the other things I mentioned to you in the other passages of Scripture. There was an opportunity for them to just mow them down and they said, nope. Isn't it funny when God said, do it this way, and then they finally did, what did they do? They went right on back to mowing people down, did they not? Sure, Jericho, and there you go. All right, didn't mean for that to wrap, but hey, hey, all right. Okay, Psalm 90, would you look at Psalm 90 with me? Psalm 90, let's look at it. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the, uh, the, the, earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. These are things that Moses learned and the children of Israel learned during the wilderness wandering. When you understand the, the infinite God and the finite man, do you imagine when they're wandering around, they're just waiting for that generation that died to die? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Amen. They're, they're, you'll, you'll find it here in a second. I'll read it to you. So teach us to what? Number our days. Why? Because our days are numbered. Those people that were wandering around in Psalm 90 or in Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 8 or Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 2, they know. God's already told them, you will not see the promised land. 
If you came, if you came from Egypt as a circumcised, ready to rumble kind of guy, you're not making it because you chose not to obey me. Okay, God is all about obedience, but then God is also all about forgiveness because they do get to go forward, do they not? They do get to go forward. And then it goes on in verse number 3, Thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, Return ye children of men. That's what he's talking about, that return. For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away as with a flood, and they are as sleep in the morning. They are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourishes and groweth up. In the evening it is cut down and withereth. For we are consumed by thine anger and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The guy who's doing the whatever, doing the projector stuff said, what is the title of your, of your message? We spend our years as a tale that is told. We don't waste our years. We spend them. That's a difference, isn't it? Isn't there a difference in spending and wasting? Yeah. Man, uh, we got to take uh, Austin and Luke. All of our kids, when they graduate from kindergarten, we take them on a trip or somewhere. So we went around here and spent a lot of money doing some things. And when we walked into Walmart, they are Lego maniacs. Can I get a witness? Man, we should invest in Legos. <laughs> Just go to the car house. You can assemble something, I'm sure, with Legos. They're everywhere. But it's amazing how we were helping them, because it's our money, but we were helping them spend it wisely not waste it. And yet every time the man of God gets up to the pulpit, he's trying to help you spend your days wisely. Not wasting them. How many times do you have the testimony of those that, and praise God for the moments you turn around and you come back to God. But when you come back to God, you come back to God with days gone. With days missing. With scars that don't go away. Do they? We're trying to get you right now. Today is the day of salvation. Why is that? Remember now, thy creator, in the days of thy youth. Why? Because you got them. You got them. I look at life totally different at 60 as I did at 16. Totally different. I'm looking at retirement. I'm looking at my parents, caring for my parents. At 16, I was looking for a girlfriend. <laughs> That's when I do that part. Da, 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 da. There she is. There she is right now. Still hanging on. Amen. All right. God is good. She's still writing my story is what she's doing. She's telling me to hurry up. Uh, verse number 10. The days of our years are three score and ten. By the way, do you know the average life of a male right now, or a female, 79 years. The average life of a, of a male is 73 years. And so I'm jacking my insurance right now. No, uh, but do you see that right there? Isn't that exactly what God told these people like 3,000 years ago? Three score and ten. If you've got energy, maybe 80. And God says, hey, folks, I told you that in the Bible. Okay? In the Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. I told you. Listen to me. All right? Uh, verse number 11. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, or even according to thy fear, so is the wrath. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. And verse 13 through 6, 17, basically is a formula. Return unto, uh, return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. O satisfy us early with thy mercy that we may rejoice and be glad all thy days. Make us glad according to uh, thou hast afflicted us and the years wherein we have seen evil. Let thy work appear unto the servants and thy glory unto their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. 
Now, I've got 10 things, and I, know I don't see a clock anywhere, but I'm going to talk really, really fast and faster than I was talking just now. There are some things stated inside of Psalm chapter 90 that will help us change our story. Because kids, do you realize, everybody in the room, you have, this is you, everybody in this room. And where you are in life, there is a, there's a death clock. Don't freak out on me. There is a death clock. Okay? If I'm to be three score and ten, that's 70 years. I was born in November the 3rd, 1963. On June the 16th, 2023, I had spent 21,000 so many days. According to that, I only have 3,000 days left. Now, when you, 3,067 days, that was three weeks ago, or two, yeah, three weeks ago. When you think about that, now that's given if I live to be 70. Have you ever thought about your life and that, whatever? Now, some of you, if you're 16, you've spent 3,000 some odd days. You're thinking, yes, I've got 21,000 more that he just told me about. Only if God wills it. Right? But even for me, I, I've spent, I've spent 21,000. That's three-fourths of a book, maybe. Okay? I can't go back and do anything about this back here. No. I hope sometimes, for those of you that are visiting who don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I sure hope you can go find a page where you accepted Christ as your Savior. I sure hope there's a day when you got saved. I sure hope there's a page where you got surrendered Amen. to the Lord, the will of God for your life. I, I hope there's a page in there where you said, I'm going to serve the Lord. That doesn't mean be in the ministry. That just means serve the Lord. We're all servants. Amen. Yeah. There's a day maybe he had, I always do with S's, so maybe it was a spouse or, or Shelley or single, whatever it is. God has it on there, you know. I hope there's that page. By the way, there's also pages in there when we didn't do too well, right? Okay. Some of our stories are romances. But some of them are horror stories. Some of them are dramas. Some of them are mysteries. Aren't they? Oh, yeah, you're right. Aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So somebody mentioned 1 John 1, 9 during prayer time tonight. Aren't you glad there's, you know, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins. Aren't you glad there's that day where you went to that youth conference and you made that decision and you turned your life around? That's on that page too. But please remember, every day, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. That's a whole day. Whatever's bouncing around inside of your brain right now, are you going to let it bounce around tomorrow? Come on, preacher, that's good. The next day? Is there something you need to get right? If I looked at your page, or God could look at, God already knows our page, to say that you're not right with your parents, you're not reading your Bible. You know, it could be the totally opposite. It, Enoch, he was reading his Bible. Yeah. He was right with the people that are around him. Oftentimes people believe that Enoch was taken because God just enjoys how much time he spent with him. Hey, come on home. Come on home. I need you up here. <laughs> You're too, too much fun to talk to. Come on home. Okay? All of our lives are like that, aren't they? Yeah. But I tell this one day it's going to be maybe one of your family members sitting across the table or the, the desk of Pastor Carr or Pastor Gray. And you're going to be looking at him going, so tell me about your loved one. What's the story going to be? It's up to you. Everything on this page, I've been writing. What I do with God and what I don't do with God.
It's up to you. Don't blame your mommy. Don't blame your daddy. I grew up in a broken home. My dad was uh, married five times, died with the AIDS virus, so I don't want to hear all about it. God's bigger than all of that. Yeah. God can take. There was a day when God said, Randy, I got this. I got this. I got this. And there was a day when I said, God, you got this. You've got to have this. You've got to have this. You've got to have this. I'm going to read these to you real quick, like, to help us. You notice in the, in the chapter it says this, that, he, that our, there's a dwelling place. There's a place of dwelling. I sure hope you can look back in your story and see that place of salvation. I sure hope there's a place where you can look back and see there's a place of security, a place of supplication where you spend time with the Lord. You know, I hope you're having your devotions. I hope you find there's a place for situation. Y'all remember that day when God showed up? Can you turn to that page? When God showed up? You got your little story like David and Goliath? You got a story where God showed up? How many of you could say you've had an answered prayer in the last year? Raise your hand. Okay. You know what? It's on your book, folks. God showed up. Amen. You let God show up. It's a God moment. Here's a dwelling place. Notice what he's Dwelling place doesn't mean you walk through church and keep right on walking. It's a dwelling place. You sat down right there and you got something and you heard the gospel message and you, and you heard that Jesus died for your sins and you cannot get to heaven without Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And we cannot change that. 1 John 5, 11. You cannot change that. I hope you have a dwelling place of salvation. There's no way. That's why we come into verse 12, or verse 13 in there. These things I've written unto you that you may, that you know. The only reason why you know is because you can look back and say, right there, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior to pay for my sin so I could go to heaven. There's a day. You know what's funny about that, Jonathan? Satan likes to remember, remind us of the days too. The good ones and the bad. I thought you said you loved the Lord. Remember on page 37? You said you loved the Lord. Yeah, remember on page 48 when God forgave me? Get out of here. Get, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. There is, a, there is a preeminence of God. God is everything. You see that in the chapter. God is everything. God is everything. You have to remember that. God is everything. The children of Israel should have realized God is everything. When I said I'm going to give, it's the promised land because I promised it to you. He's eternal. He's ever powerful. God is fill in the blank. What is your need tonight? What is your need tonight? God is. What in your life is bigger than then you're then bigger than God. What is it? Give him a chance. Write about it. In your story, he's a person you can return to. Nobody in this room cannot return to God. You can have a page on your story that says you can. The prodigal. You can come home. God has come, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. That's just not talking to you maybe as a Christian. Come home. Come home. You can return to him. He tells us that, uh, hey, look, he says if you want to write a good story, prefer his satisfaction early in life. Come on now. Early will I satisfy thee, he says in the end of the chapter. You kids, the two the youngest, I just looked down and saw my grandson sitting right there. I know he knows Jesus Christ as a Savior. We got one who needs to be saved. Aiden needs to be saved. Do I stop praying for the other ones? No. I pray that right now that he would give his life to the Lord. And his pages would be from very early in life. He will be satisfied with the Lord. Very early in life. The process is natural. The cradle and the coffin lay side by side on this journey through life is but one short stride. No sooner do we start to live than we also start to die. It's natural. We are going to die. We are going to get to the end of the story. There is no part three, okay, or part two, or no trilogy, or, or whatever you want to call it. It's going to happen. Yeah. I remember sitting right where you guys are. And that was a long time ago. 
How many of y'all remember being a teenager? You older folks. I'm just happy to remember anything, okay? Are you with me? I'll walk out of my office someday, be halfway down the hallway, and somebody says, Brother Randy, where are you going? I was like, good question. It's a beautiful day, okay? I have no idea. Hey, look, I don't want you to notice, too, when he talks about that three score and ten, that it's a proclaimed opportunity. He's already told us how long the game is, right? Four quarters? Two halves. He's told us how long the game is. We don't have much time here. That's what I'm talking about. Can you imagine what would happen if each day we, were, we realized we received a, a, a blank piece of paper from God that said, To Randy, from God. Inside of that would say, the, you know, the Bible tells us that the benefits of God are new every day. Yeah. At the end of the day, I returned the piece of paper that said to God from Randy. Wouldn't that make us feel a little bit different about... Have you ever had your parent come home, kids, say, what'd you do today? And you were like, uh, scored high on PS5, <laughs> you know, or whatever. How many of you have a PS5, raise your hand. How many of you like to have one, raise your hand. You're a lion. Every one of you are a lion. Aren't, you? aren't they? They're all lion. You're a lion. Raise your hand. Thank you. You're an honest guy. I'm going to write that down on your page. He told the truth. Uh, seven girls lied. Okay? That's right. Uh, a proclaimed opportunity. Hey, it says in here that our private sins don't escape a, a public God. It tells us that. That's why they were marching around. Everybody knows it. You and I are reading about it, right? We can't hide these pages from God. He tells us that, that uh, pain and affliction remind us of our humanity. You know the song that says the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. There's been a great change since I've been born again. Y'all heard that song before? The things I used to do, like lift weights, I don't do those anymore. Uh, the things I used to do, like walk around all the time, I don't do that anymore. You know, there's been a great change since I've gotten older, right? Are you with me so far? Ah, oh, me, man, I was uh, wanting to see one of my teenagers playing flag football. And I walked over to the field, and I was walking over to the field. One of the guys says, hey, come here for a second. Uh, yes, sir, what can I do for you? He goes, we're going to have... Parents versus kids flag football. And we're short one person. Not we need a short person. <laughs> but we're short one person. And I was like, dude, I've been athletic director coach for a long time. I'll play. Man, I was running all over the place, snagging, getting interceptions, having a big time, uh, looking for some Tylenol and some water, just struggling the next three days. I was like, I don't ever want to see a football even on television. Okay? <laughs> the Bible told us in that last part there that preventive medicine is wisdom applied. I wish I had time to share this with you, but Psalm 1611, there is, the, there is the path, there is the person, and then there is the pleasure. That's wisdom applied. How many of you know James chapter 1, verse 14 through 16? Can I give you three letters that fall in there? It's called L-S-D. It's called lust, sin, and death. You can either take some wisdom and apply it to your life and understand that there's a path where you get to meet a person and when you meet that person you get to enjoy pleasure forevermore or you can say no when God says come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and you can say no to that or you can say no we're not going to do that and you can roam around in the wilderness missing all hey well, think about this okay for 11, 11 days they were that close 11 days what could they have accomplished inside the promised land with 40 years 
with 40 years. That's all the reason why kids you need to get started now. I told them, I was mentioning the people in Jonathan Sunday School class. If you're not saving money now, start saving money now. Compounding interest is a wonderful thing for your children and for your grandchildren. Well, doing the same thing for the Lord is the same thing. You want to see more people saved? You got to go. You got to keep going. You got to keep talking. The more you talk to people, the more you're going to see people get saved. It's just a compounding thing. That applied wisdom. You can say no to God and you end up over here. You'll, let, you'll say yes to, the, to lust and lust leads to sin and then sin leads to death. There's two different situations. But in Psalm 90, we, God is showing us all that happened with those people for those 40 years so it doesn't happen to us so that we can change our story. Right now, you can just rip it out. You can... You, you can't take that page out, but you can start a new page. If you're struggling right now with anything, can I show you something really cool right here? Are you ready? <laughs> uh -huh. And then give him the pen. Let him write the story. Not my will, but what? Thine be done. Jesus made himself no reputation and came in the form of a servant. And he said to his own father, the example that we have, you write the story. Even if it includes the cross. Even if it includes the cross. In closing, the Lord spoke to my heart because when I was sitting at my father's funeral, I realized the place was packed. He was a, a barber, no pun intended, you know, but he was a barber. And uh, I, I don't know, I guess it was, it was a funeral home where you, the family set off to a side and you couldn't see them, but you could see everybody else. Louver, Louver type things. Anybody been to a funeral home like that? Okay, is that a, is that a big difference in Central Florida? And I was, I've never been to one since. And I cried like a baby. All the expectations, I wish I would have had that day. I wish that day I would have been this. I wish he didn't know what I know about Jesus, but he never did. And so I remember looking through there. This is the thought that crossed my mind, and it is so, so selfish. But it's such a truth. When I die, when I die, I want to make sure that my wife is really cared for. I want to make sure, this is really going to sound bad, that the church is full because they know I love them. That they know I love the Lord. You've been to the funerals. Not many people there. The stories aren't the same. You've been to the ones we call them what? Graduations. Where it's totally different. Yeah. Everybody's so, yes, we, we miss, but we don't weep with those who have no hope. We know where they are. Yeah. And it's a wonderful story. Yeah. My motivation was maybe wrong at that moment, but it motivated me to think, I, I, my funeral is not going to be like this. My story is going to be different. And it's going to start with salvation. But it's also going to start with surrender. God, you do a whole lot better. You spoke, you spoke the world into existence. You created me in all these days, all these pages of my life. I've been telling you how to run things. Tonight, maybe the Lord spoke to your heart about how many, none of us know how many pages we have left. That girl sat in our church three weeks ago, and now she sits in eternity. She didn't know that. You ever drive by a car accident and wonder who, what, when, where? Nobody knows. Maybe tonight you'll make a decision. You'll skip the wilderness wondering. 
you will call, you will come on, you will come to the Lord. You will not let the sun go down upon your wrath. You will not pl make place for the devil. Actually, that means you're giving him a page to write on your life, to write on, to score on you. That's what you're doing. Maybe there's something back here that's causing you to have problems with up here. Yeah. That's good right there. That's a good point. Maybe we should say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm asking you to help me start all over again today. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for listening to today's service. We hope you join us the next time. We hold services every Sunday morning at 11 a.m., every Sunday evening at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We also hold Sunday school at 9.45 a.m. May the peace of God be with you until next time. God bless. Amen and amen.